Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. (laughs) Yeah. again for another lovely episode of Black to the Future podcast. Yes! And I am joined by a lovely guest who I haven't talked to in eons. And I don't know why, to be completely honest, but I have a lovely, talented dancer, yoga, I don't know, a yoga in, like connoisseur, uh, a black love um, inspirational person. You are so amazing. I have Demetrius McClendon. Woo! All right, for this intro. <laughs> I didn't know you do it. You did, you did it live with a little insert of the sound in between. Come on now. That's for, come on. <laughs> I, I try to keep it a little, you know, a little, a little, a little some a little one, two, three. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. It is such a pleasure. Um, can you please tell everyone who's listening if you care to share of course uh your pronouns and um your sexual orientation if you want to share that yes i will say okay my name is demetrius but i also go by imagine joy um most people who write me checks call me demetrius mcclendon um that period okay (laughs) that part my pronouns I, i use gender fluid pronouns okay I usually say that my pronouns are more about the energy I show up with in a space versus who I am because I feel like who and what I am is undefinable. It's like I'm 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 unlimited. Um, but I, I do sometimes work with certain energies. One of my really good friends, uh, Paige, she says that 
I am the amalgamation of all of my ancestral energy. So mm. sometimes you might see a great, great uncle or, or uh, a great auntie or some type of mix or assortment. Like, it, it, you know, the pronouns be all kind of. And I'm a Gemini, too. So Ooh. my pronouns, woo, who I am today is not who I am tomorrow. Who I am in this second is not who I am the next second. Come on. I'm not going to judge Gemini's, but I'm just going to say, ah! Ooh. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm going to say. Um, life interesting. <laughs> I, I will say y'all keep people on their toes and y'all do keep some nice energy and I do love that though. But uh, thank you. Um, and you know, pronouns are and gender identity and all those things. They are constantly ever evolving and all that kind of stuff. So I appreciate your interpretation because I know sometimes people be like, no, you got to stick to one. I'm like, no, you can be comfortable and do whatever you want. That works best for you. So you may show up with the clutch and be the bougie auntie one day. And then, you know, the next week you may come in in a three-piece suit. And so whatever it is, you know what I mean? Look, I'm, I say fluid. I'm just fluid. That's why I would say my orientation, I'm, I, I, I usually define myself as queer. Every now and again, I'll say gay because I'm real happy and real gay. But <laughs> I am queer because I think that the... The, the consciousness and the, the politic that is a part of that identity is, is what I stand for. Like, come on now. Because I say that all the time to people, too. I say black, queer, trans woman. And not necessarily in that order, but that's what it is. Like, especially if you just mentioned, like, the politic about how I do things, how I think about things, it always is always going to involve the queer aspect of it. You know, so that's kind of like where I sit too. So I really resonate with that as well. Oh, we're getting so much tea and, and and so many gems already. Bless us. Oh my goodness. So um, at the top of every episode, we always like to ask, how is your blackness? How are you as a black person in these United States of America? Imagine joy. <laughs> okay, so I see those questions is two different things mm -hmm. um okay how is my blackness i will say i think of blackness not as the race although we know that black as we most of us know is defined by a, a, a social construct that we know is called race mm -hmm. when i think of blackness though i think of blackness as as the infinite like i'm thinking about the cosmic infinite when we look out into space all we see is darkness the mm -hmm. blackness i think about the black hole that my mother pushed me out of i i, I think about mm -hmm um ancestral energies I, I i think about blackness from um a place of feeling and knowing versus a place of like racial relation although we have to think about it in that way too to survive right. um, so my blackness is just it's growing evolving it keeps surprising me I, I'm, I'm like i'm tapping into things and people and parts of myself that i'm like whoa where did that come from oh okay maybe that was a past life i don't know but i i know mm. that that is the blackness in itself showing up in my life to teach me something new. Mm. Um, but how is it being a black person in America? <laughs> some days it's really fucking amazing. I'm gonna say it really is fucking amazing some days. And other days when you um, really think about the things that we are collectively struggling through, mm. it's, uh, it's a lot. Um, it's, it's, you know, I just, I pray for us. <laughs> I, I pray for those of us who are, are, are I think all of us, honestly, who are still healing from white supremacy and, mm. and the ways we've been taught to think about white supremacy, which is a lie. Let me be clear. I don't usually use the word white supremacy um, because I think it's a lie. Ain't nothing supreme about whiteness. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, my, I, I feel very good in this moment. 
I <laughs> thank you. I, that was like the smoothest gather ever. I was just like, oh, where are they going with this? Oh, 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 oh. it was. I, I might steal now. Y'all might y'all might hear that a few times from me. Just like there's nothing supreme about whiteness. Oh, like. I'm about to steal that. That was cute. That was cute. We gonna copyright that for you though. That's cute. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> but I, I, I love that you answered it in a couple of different ways because it's just like it, when I do think about it, the way that you, the way that you framed it, this Gemini duality. See, see how you did that. You just you broke that up. See, I got you already. Uh, you know, you have like the the things that we face as Black people daily, and you say you praying for us. Please keep praying. Somebody's. <laughs> Somebody's got to, because <laughs> they are praying for the downfall. That's what they're doing. When I pray for us, I'm praying for me, because I we I am who you are. We are, mm. you know, in that way. That's how I feel. I I and that and that actually takes me back to like the 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 other part. I was talking about this other part of the duality, and I believe Romeo Jackson. They came on here, and they also I don't remember what Romeo's episode was, but they talked about the like having the ancestral energies and things like that that you mentioned just a moment ago, and connecting to that kind of blackness. And I'm just like, oh. I love that. That just it just sounds so deep, profound, and when you think about it, and you really try to connect to your ancestors. It's like, I love that kind of stuff. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So and we be knowing this is my thing. This is why. Okay, I'm hopping real fast. This oh. is why I love voguing because when people they, they they don't even realize they're doing it, but they they are channeling ancestral energy. They when I see them in their glory in those moments, and you see these people just moving, like literally moving space. Uh, with their bodies, like that to me is tapping into ancestral energy. We don't acknowledge it in that way. We don't always think about it, but that is what they are doing. I'm like, what? See, yeah. and see, you said voguing, and so I'm like, I'm so in love with it. I genuinely am, but I'm just like, I don't think I can make my body move like that. So I like you a dancer, so you are amazing. Do you be voguing and stuff and and, and turn the party like this? I play around. I have not walked the ball yet. That is my next thing. I was supposed to do it. Actually, uh, last year, but the pandemic happened. Um, but yes, that's my next. That's my next. I think just artistic endeavor because I, I, I feel something's going to just emerge from being in that space mm. um, and have somebody chant for you. I just want somebody to chant for me. To be honest. Come on. Yes, I, and <laughs> me. Um, and I hope you go because it's a life changing experience. Because me and my co-host Mikey, of course, uh, and our best friend Dexter. We went to like a ball for like the first time we've been like, we want to go, you know, it's like black queer. It's like you supposed to like, it's like, yeah. And we went to the painted ball um, earlier this year or not earlier this year. Oh, Jesus. It was last year. (laughs) Um, It was so magical, so special. It was, it was crazy. Like I didn't walk a category, but there was a couple of the kids just like, oh my God, you're so real. You need to walk. And I always be like. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be at the back of the runway. And they just like, oh no, it's a chop girl. Have a nice life. So, <laughs> but they be real. It do be real. I don't very that. But I think that you would be amazing, and I would chant for you the house down. Like I would let you. I would be like, yeah. I would be like, you better fucking do it. I would. I would be there for you. Just let me know when you want me to be there. I will be there with posters and signs and everything, child. So I, I appreciate, and you know, there's, you don't have to connect to the ancestors just by voguing. That's, you know, that's, I think that's black queer centric. Like that's how I think we really connect to our own personal ancestors. There's other mediums, you know, all these, all those beautiful old tribal songs that we probably used to sing when we was over playing volleyball in Africa. 
I'm sure that has translated over. That's why Jay Hood had the pipes. You know, she was you know channeling that energy. She was channeling that spirit and that leadership of mother of mother Beyonce, Queen Mother. Like we, it's there. It's in every it's in every medium and every way you connect. So I think you're right on that. Mm. Um, and so before we um, go a little bit further back into your childhood, because you know everybody loves to talk about their childhood. Um, <laughs> one more question I like to ask is so. So because you said that you're a, like a more fluid person, I won't classify it how I would how I originally was going to. But I I want to ask, how do you define black queerness? Oh, I actually saw that question. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will say the black queer manhood because I actually want to do. I want to answer that one. Oh, okay. Well, uh, black queer manhood. How would you? Define only it? because okay. So for a long time, I strictly identified as he, him, male. Not because I saw myself as a man necessarily, but because I felt like we need more images and examples of men working in service of love. We need more male feminists. We we need mm-hmm. more uh, just like that that type of imagery. Mm-hmm. I think. And I'm like, okay, I, I that ain't who I. I can't always be this all the time. This ain't who I am. But right. when I think about black queer manhood and the things that I feel I needed to see when I was growing up as a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, as a young queer person who didn't know what I didn't, I didn't have that language back then, but I, I knew um, I, I needed to see an example of someone who was open mm-hmm. and who defined their strength by their ability to connect with other people. Like that is mm-hmm. your strength. Your, your strength is not your ability to pick things up and then hook around. It's your ability to use that in service of the relationship that you were creating with somebody else mm-hmm. or something other than yourself. So that to me is how I would define black queer manhood. It's, it's, it's that openness to, 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 to be a part of something greater than you, but also recognizing who you are inside of that and how you're contributing to um, the greater picture. And queer, can I read a definition of queerness? Because I, 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 this, this definition has really... Uh... Yes, please, please bring it Ooh, Where is she at? Come on, let me, let me find it in my Gmail real fast. It's from Reverend Angel Coyoto Williams. I might be butchering her name. Ooh, um, I love this. You wrote a book called Black Dama. Black Dama. Okay. When I realized that queerness couldn't be limited to sex and sexuality, that to choose queer expressed something more profound about who and how we are, I had to shift my worldview to one that sees beyond binary truths that were handed to us to yoke ourselves into a system of control. To hold queerness as a practice is to be an act of radical acceptance of everyone and all things as they are. So I love how she talks about queerness mm. as, as this, this, I don't know how to explain it, but I can feel like this larger than life mm-hmm. um, thing that we can all tap into if, if, we, if we're willing to accept ourselves and know who the fuck we are. Like, that's really what I think she's saying. It's, it sounds, and thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, I, I resonate with that in the sense of like, it's unbound. There's no, there's no limitations on the, on the ability and the dynamicism of what queerness can be. And I think that perhaps due to colonization (laughs) and those who are less supreme, (laughs) 
they have they have found a way to take the queerness and try to put it inside of this box because that's how they've operated and they've and they've conceived things and perceived things. So everything that's not inside the box is now this queer identity and as and and as as it expands and gets larger and larger, they want to continue to control it. But just like when you continue to add water to a cup, it's just it's going to overflow eventually. And now we're starting to overflow and tap into things. And they don't like that. And you know, I also can see it how, especially as black people and our ancestry and connecting to spirituality, our queerness is very much tied into that as well. Again, talking about that unbound energy that you were just mentioning when you read that definition so yes and that's me as a black queer man, manhood that i we need more of mm-hmm. and it's thankfully you know i don't believe in a lot of tv now but i've been seeing stuff like you seen i know you've seen pose oh yes there's been a lot of good programming on I'm like there's been a, a there's a lot of bullshit too but like but the stuff that is good mm-hmm. is really good really good it's it's kind of like they're actually it's it's almost kind of like instead of creating something just so you can distract your eyes it's like to connect and relate to you in some kind of way because even things like you mentioned pose which i fully cried at because i related way too much to it but then also like when insecure just ended oh I cried so nasty, so ugly, snot running down. I was like, I have never connected to a TV show. Like, it's it's crazy. They're actually trying to create. Maybe it's because they're actually trying to create our stories for once. Mm-hmm. And they're tapping into, like, we're, I guess they're, <laughs> we're being permitted, finally, <laughs> to actually tap into our queerness, which is tapped into our artistry and our spiritual connection to the, all the greatness that's out there in the world and... You know, like you said, the entire universe is in this blackness. So we just take that into our soul and recreate it in a new format. So it's like this endless circle. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Except I don't think we are being permitted. We are we are rising in our, our knowing of ourselves so much so that they can't deny it. Like mm. that's just like they can't deny it. And that's why I do think it's that belief of who and what we are. But going back to Issa. I, I it, it was the it's the way that she showed black women in relationship mm-hmm. like that friendship because I, I, I can't explain it I cry yes you have if you have not watched Insecure like shout out to Matt for putting me on to Insecure because at first I was like okay it's cute and then I was like okay okay and then it it, and then once it got me i was just like oh my goodness it really talked about the dynamicism and the dynamics dynamicism then it's the same thing they talked about the relationship and the dynamics of black women's relationships and things like that and i love that and i want more of it and then um one thing i do want to tack on here in regards to black manhood specifically is someone um on twitter because twitter has nothing better to do it's like Oh, I wish, you know, when Insecure ended, they were like, I wish there was like more shows like this, but for black men. And my ultimate question was like, y'all want this, but would you watch it? Do you want to watch yourselves actually go through the process of breaking down and starting back over and rebuilding? You know, and I think that particularly in the sphere of black womanhood is something that we've always kind of had to do. So I'm like, I want you all to be able to see it and relate and connect to it, too, and be able to build and grow. Cause that's how it's going to ultimately change. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like 
I, I, I just like you like you like you mentioned at the very beginning it's like this you're praying for us collectively it's like yes i want us all to be successful and grow and be amazing in the future and i think that's just kind of like these beginning steps that we're starting to notice the slight overflowing that you mentioned we're starting to now see it and actually pick it up and move in the direction we actually want to move so i think that's beautiful Granted, this is not this is not insecure recapping show, but y'all need to go watch Insecure. Um, um, it's on what's it on HBO Max? Yes, ciao, y'all go watch it on HBO Max. But anyway, um, we're gonna come back to uh, Demetrius slash Imagine Joy. <laughs> um, in in just a moment, are we gonna talk about their backstory, baby? Because I'm sure it is. Full, full of juicy. Oh, this face. Yes, I knew it. I can't wait. Okay, we'll go be right back, y'all. <laughs> okay, so we are back, and I'm excited because I feel like this is going to be really, really fun, really, really cute. Every, not every, but most. Most of us have these stories. So, can you please tell us, Demetrius? Can you please tell us all about? your childhood, your black story, your, your where you grew up, your family dynamic, your parents, siblings, all that stuff. I'm excited. Yes. I'm just going to say what comes to my mind. I will say that there are parts that are probably, um, it comes off very sad and depressing to people because mm. I, I was sad and depressed, but I, I you know, I, I don't feel those ways anymore. Like I had to, I, I was writing my story because I'm writing, I'm writing my own book right now. Um, Love a book. <laughs> and it was like, shit, I forgot. I mean, I didn't forget, but it's like, oh, dang, that really impacted me that way. I, sometimes I, I, we don't consciously always remember the things we went through and, and, and how that shaped who we are today. Mm-hmm. But let's see. I was born and raised in the south side of Chicago. South side? Um, one of the things, the first thing that's come to my mind is I grew up Jehovah's Witness. Oh. Um, and my parents were, my mother was really about that life. Like my, my mother's side of the family is about that life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very strict. I will say the earlier part of my childhood was conflicted because my mom, she married someone who was a nun of a witness, my father, who was actually a drug addict as well. So mm-hmm. we went through it. Um, she left when I was about six or seven, I think seven, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, um, Grammar school, <laughs> I was the weird kid because I didn't curse or, or do any of this. I didn't celebrate holidays and all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least when I was young, like when I was like seven, right. I was still more innocent. Um, he was like, no, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I would write it down sometimes. But I'm oh like, my God. <laughs> I can't say it out loud. I'm like, this is what I mean. <laughs> but then let's see. Um, I got teased. I was I was I was teased a lot in grammar school. I was mm-hmm. called all kind of. Uh, first, it was really I just, you know, unfortunately, young black kids they tease other people about who's who's more poor. Like you got on pay less shoes. You ain't got on the latest this with and that. the Go number on the back. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, uh, it was it was a lot. I remember it was it was it was a lot. I got teased a lot, and then. I was more, I was feminine, so I, I got called fag and all those different terms, and it, it really, it, it did a number on my head. I was very depressed for a while. Um, I spent some time um, at a mental health institution when I was in fifth grade, because I tried to kill myself, mm. and honestly, I will say, when I went there, 
and I heard other people's stories. I'm like, shit. That was stuff other people going through. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I thought I had a bad. It, mm-hmm. it really kind of. And granted, I did have a bad. But it's like, listen, other people's stories. It's like, fuck the shit that we go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say that time was actually, it allowed me that 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 moment to just step away from the world and, mm-hmm. and to um, really come into my own understanding and, and what was going on in my mind. Like, I was thinking about these things at 10 years old. Right. Um, mind you, I was, you know, in counseling and therapy. So. Right. But I was a very sensitive soul and I was I was I was really smart. So I I, I was really intellectualizing the things that were happening. So I, I knew in my mind that I didn't necessarily have a chemical imbalance, but I was experiencing a level of trauma that um that, that made me not want to show up in the world. Mm. Um, so I did stop taking my pills. Uh and thankfully I I didn't I didn't need them, but um I, I went to counseling for a long time. And then it was in seventh grade where I started to fight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never forget. I went to Morgan Park High School. Oh, uh, come on, Morgan Park! Yes, um, you know it was like a, a program where we went. We were interacting with high schoolers. Mm-hmm. So something about me being able to do that and being able to cut class because you, you got to cut. Uh, that's what I, I was. You we wasn't supposed to, but I was cut class. What's supposed to? What I I just started fighting back, and I was like, no, you're not going to talk to me like that, because um, I was still being teased, and it was like at the end of the year that I got into this fight. I guess I got in two, two fights. One involved a knife, I, mm-hmm. and, and oh, that's a long story, but I'll just say that I ended up getting expelled from Morgan Park, <laughs> and then went back to my grammar school, but by then, I had the confidence, like, fuck, if you messing with me, I'm, I'm not taking that. So people didn't tease me as much when I went back. They actually saw me in a very different light. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm still going through it, but it was it was very different. I had a new confidence about myself. Mm-hmm. And then we went to high school, and high school was you know high school high school. I went to King College Prep. Mm. Um, I met a lot of good people. <laughs> I dealt with the same bullshit. I was I was getting teased, but this time people were teasing me more about Mariah Carey. I was I was obsessed with Mariah Carey. That's because you're smart. But I think some of that too was because you know you, you needed a woman to because I was still in the closet back then so you know I, I was like oh I love this woman. Um, Rih- it was Rihanna for me, but. Ooh, come here, boy, boy, come and give it that. Baby, ooh, her and her big forehead. I was like, oh, this is my baby. You can't talk bad about her. <laughs> it was Mariah Carey for me um, when I got into this huge fight with this boy. He ended up, I'll just say, he ended up with a broken leg, and I was arrested. But from then, you no one, no one messed with me. No one fucked with me after that. I should say I was a martial artist, so I don't know what happened during the fight. I felt like I kind of just Ooh. blacked out because it was. I was going through some things. Like I, I would say I had anger issues back then. I, I did. I was snap. If somebody was ready to go, I was ready to go too. Um, but I will say, with me fighting back, it just gave me a sense of confidence in myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think everybody you don't, you don't need to fight to have that. But it gave me a sense of, of like, oh. I deserve to have this space. You back up. I'm not gonna back up. No, I deserve to have this space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came out at 15. I sure did. <laughs> I wore an I Love Dick shirt from Spencer to school. Ooh. I will never forget because I had to. I had a uh, what do you call those little a zipper hoodie. A hoodie. I wore over it and I just I opened it up when I as soon as I got to school and everybody saw it and they were gagging and. It was it was it was a moment I'll, I'll never forget. Everyone tells me this story um, when they say, "Like you was a boy that wore out a I love this shirt." 
Um, <laughs> now you like famous, so you just like, mm-hmm, that's right. Mm-hmm. That was me. Um, but that was a defining moment too, because it was like, you know, I will. I was nervous. I will say, more excited, but I was nervous. Um, but I'll never forget. We, there was one person in school who came out with was a lesbian. Her name was Flanice. Mm-hmm. You hear this, Flanice? Hey, girl. Um, and she was the only person that was out. And I had talked to her the night before, and I was like, you know what? If she can do it, why can't I? Mm-hmm. And then if I do it, that might inspire somebody else. Like it was, it was really me thinking, like, okay, this me thinking about how somebody else giving themselves permission to be themselves gave me permission. And I, I think that that's that's a value for me, like recognizing me just showing up in the world and 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 believing in myself. That gives other people permission to do the same. And so when I did that, you know, I was like, <laughs> that changed my life. After I came out, baby, you couldn't tell me nothing. You oh. couldn't tell me nothing. Who are you talking to? <laughs> it was amazing. I spent a lot of time in Boys Town. Um, I will say one of the, the sad part of my stories too was I got kicked out of my house when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll tell some part of that. So, like, my mom did catch me with a guy. We were not having sex or anything. We were he was we were literally just talking. But we I couldn't have company growing up, um, mm-hmm. so I did sneak him in, and it was a woo, that was a whole situation. So I'm sure that, that was fun. <laughs> Uh, it's a, I, I can't wait to tell my story. I need a movie one day because I'm excited movie. to read this book. Like when this book comes out, I'm just gonna be like, "Can you sign it for me, please?" Uh, <laughs> um, yes, that happened, and um, I spent some. I started living with my best friend. Thankfully, I was never. I, was, I never called myself homeless because I never had to sleep on the streets. I always had some a bed to sleep in, mm-hmm. a couch or something. Um, but I stayed with my best friend for a while. She's still my best friend. Hey, Jasmine. If you, I'm going to tell her to listen to this. Jasmine, hey, I love you. Hey, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time uh, out of school because I was suspended all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I filled my entire sophomore and junior year. Thankfully, I had a counselor named Mr. Frederick Jackson who believed in me. Mm-hmm. This is the same guy who paid for me to go to prom. He paid for my mm-hmm. suit. Every time he saw me in his office, he would say, Demetrius, you're the smartest person in the school. I, I, I need to know where you're going. He would, every, sing, every single time he saw me, um, I'll, I'll never forget what he did for me because I would not be here without him. He's like, Demetrius, you're going to get in college. I'm going to get you into NIU. I need you to go to Saturday school, night school, summer school. So I went to, I had to do all this. I, I did all the schools for uh, the end of my junior year into my senior year. I think, I don't even think I passed all of my classes somehow. I got through. I'm not saying he changed my, I don't know what he did, but I, I know that I got to NIU. I actually had a really good ACT score, though, because I, I was I was technically smart. I just, you know, didn't apply myself in school. Mm-hmm. But he got me into college. Um, he played a strong part against me into college. Um, I will say the ancestors and everyone. He, there was a community that got me into college. Because, baby! Right. right. That's but, baby. That, but in real life, that's how people who aren't working hard go to college all the time. Like, those, those people who are supreme air quotes, Mm -hmm. they'll Mm -hmm. be like, well, I'm only failing everything in high school and I'm not even trying and I'm not having any struggles, but my dad's good. knows the guy that knows the person that gets the, yeah, so I can go there. Thanks. Like, it's very that. And so, like, this, if they could do that, we can use the power of our ancestry and our connections to do the same thing. So, obviously, he saw something in you to push you forward to, to get you where you need to go. So, thank goodness for him. I've always had, like, if I think about it, I've always had someone in my corner. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I had, I had a rough, rough life, but when I think about it, there was always 
someone there, like a, oh my goodness, I, this is another story in high school. I had got suspended <laughs> for writing this little note about killing people. I had named how I was going to kill them. And granted, you know, back in that day, that was right when mm-hmm. like school violence was really starting to happen. So like my, they were alarmed. And she called the police and they came and got me. I had a knife on me that day too. I ended up having to throw it away. Instead of him, he didn't. He did not want to arrest me. He said, "Demetrius, you're not going to jail. I'm going to get you into a mental institution, um, and we're going to get you the help you need." He, I, I like, I could have been. That was another time I could have been. Like, it's, it's been so many times where some things could have went down, but I've always had someone there, mm-hmm. um, and I just, I'm very grateful for that. I, I think about that a lot, and that's why I'm always like, "How do I give back?" Because I, I know that sometimes people just need sometimes a second, a third, or fourth, fifth. Because I, you know, I made a lot of mistakes back then, so. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that people were there to open their arms and just be very motherly to me. He, <laughs> I mean, he, was, he was very motherly. Like, he was, he was very motherly. I Thank you so much for sharing everything that you shared. And, and I know, like, <laughs> I know, like, sometimes rehashing trauma is like, oh, God, do I really have to? But I, I appreciate the way that you shared it so openly. And then also the way that you look at it, like in hindsight, how it's literally changed and developed you over time and how you've grown to appreciate the things that you went through. And even more so the fact that you want to be an example of the per- people that were helping you. And then also giving that energy back, like, like people didn't give up on me when I was younger. So I'm not going to give up on these people who also need me as well. And that's very admirable because sometimes people become very bitter and jaded and upset and shut the whole world out. And they miss out on all the lovely opportunities that are available to them because they don't take those opportunities. And because they haven't been, you know, uplifted and supported the way that they want to. But you change that. And I, and I really love that. Ooh. Yes. No, you don't want to hear preaching. Let me just, it's just, I, I do want to say that, um, you know, and you know, I'm not Jehovah's Witness, although I have family members who are and stuff like that. So I can, I already know what it's like to be raised in a household that is of a religious, you know, background and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I guess my thought process is like, while you were in this home and you were feeling these queer urges, like, what did you do to try to be like, okay, like before you unfortunately had to be, you were left from home or whatever. So mm. it's like, how did you manage these feelings? Cause you talked about trigger warning for other people, um, taking your own life and stuff like that. So as these feelings happen, like, how did you kind of manage this? I think that's an important thing for people to know. Mm. You know, when I was younger, I spent a lot of time to myself. Um, I was a reader. I, I think that books really saved my life. Like I said, I would I would check out 33 books. I, would, I think the limit was 33, 35. I would check out as many books as I could. And I would read them in probably a week or two. Like mm-hmm. I would I, I would immerse myself in reading. And I, I, I really feel that was a thing that it just gave me a new world to enter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, it was my mind, my imagination that that really that saved me i think because bell hooks talks about this a lot ancestor bell hooks now Come on, bell hooks mm. she would always say she's like why don't we think about our homes as safe spaces like we why, why don't we empower our homes to be safe spaces and, mm. and that, that could be our place of refuge and that is very true but when i was younger i didn't have a safe space in my home so i think this the space i went to was in my mind mm. where i could create 
a new Demetrius, a new, I think I called myself Michi back then, whatever it was. <laughs> oh, I was Skittles. And I didn't come to Skittles, I was 15. But I, I, whatever it was, I was Not always Skittles. That was my nickname, yes. I have a tattoo, actually. I love that. Yeah, it was, it was really um, writing for me, reading. Mm. Um, also, I went to, I, you know, I went to start going to counseling. I was like nine, ten. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was still going to counseling and, and, and getting advice, and then being shut off from the, from the world. Like being Joe Witness, we were very just isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a bad thing growing up because I was very alone, but it also, it kept me out of certain aspects of trouble that, you know, some people I know didn't, uh, didn't have the type of, uh, I will call, I'm going to call it, um, let's say love, okay. but I, I do think that it was, it was a love that was, um, distorted because it was so religious and so bound to. It was, it was very conditional love. It was not unconditional love. Ah, there we go. It was it was bound in conditions and in shame and in stigma. So there was no room for you to even begin to operate. So you had to create and facilitate your own life through your imagination. And you did that through books and stories. And you managed to write things down. And I know of that. I think a multitude of us as queer people, particularly Black queer people, we gravitate towards that because it lets us be ourselves in spaces where we don't feel that way. And, you know, it could be going into art. Let me go ahead and create this song. Let me become a singer. Let me become a dancer. Let me paint this picture. Let me write this story. You know, um, it's it's imperative to let your child be expressive, but particularly in the situation when the expression is the only way, and in some circumstances, keeping children alive, particularly uh, LGBTQIA plus children. So I, I want to commend you on that. And all that, um, all the steps you took to make yourself in a place where you feel more secure and a lot better. So thank you for that. Thank you. I also had a very loving grandmother. Ah, you had a praying grandmother. (laughs) She would love itself. Like I, that's the one thing that I can say, the person who embodied love, it was my grandma. Mm. She, um, I never, my, my aunties and uncles said they never missed a meal growing up. Like they, and Mm. I I believe them just because that's how my grandmother was. I will never forget though. She did once call our neighbor Scott a faggot, mm. but there was a uh, which just shows you know she was still you know biased and discriminatory. Right. But when I came out, she she never made me feel di- she never made me feel different. In fact, she was the one person. So my family has very rarely seen me dance. I think my family seen me dance maybe two or three times. They never seen me dance as a professional. But when I was young and in high school, I had a couple of performances, and my grandmother surprised me with my family. They inside, they showed up and and you know gave me all these gifts and hugs. And it was my grandmother that made everyone show up. I, like my grandmother was, she was love. Oh, I love that. Yes, um, grandmothers are something. I don't, you know, they they they. I think they. I and I like to say this particularly about black in our generation of black grandmothers. You know, they are they are like one step. They're like on the cusp of right as things were starting to make that transition away from all that kind of the ridiculousness of of extreme racism. I'll say it like that, where it was much more overt. There, I think they were stepping just outside of the shadow for once of that. 
And so because they had to endure so much of that and the tales of their own personal mothers who were still caught in that kind of sphere of racism and in the shadow and standing right behind it, not even in the shadow of it. But it's like they've been through so much so they only feel like they want to give. That's what that's my experience at least with a lot of them. They really just want to be able to give. Um, so I'm happy she was able to give you the gift of your family at one of your dance performances. Which is a perfect segue to ask about, how did you start dancing? Because I saw you in college and I was just like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm going to be be honest. I had a little bit of a, when I saw you and I was just like, oh, they're so good at dancing. They're so attractive. Mm -hmm. So I did have have a little piece of that for a minute. I was like, (laughs) but when did you start dancing? Um, I didn't start dancing until I was 15. Mm-hmm. I will say before I danced, I was hyper-physical. Like, I would work out all the time in my house. Um, I, I did martial arts during mm-hmm. the summer times when I went to my um, father's house. My mom's son. I started going back to my father's when I was in seventh grade because that's when I got expelled. And my mom was like, you got to get out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would go down there every summer and I would do martial arts. So I feel like I was always in my body, mm-hmm. but it wasn't dance. I didn't start dancing until I saw this boy in high school named Trayton, who I had such a big crush on. And I saw him, okay, in our high school, I went to a performing arts college preparatory high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could either take gym or recreational dance. He took dance. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be closer to, uh, his name was Trayton. <laughs> I want to be closer to Trayton, so I'm going to take dance too. And I, I mean, I love dance, don't get me wrong, I, I, but I never wanted to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Um, although I never forget the first time I really started dancing, it was to Crystal Waters. Uh, what's the name of that song? A hundred percent pure love. It's like an old house. Oh, house. yes, yes. Um, uh, uh, go ahead. I'm not going to think of the words right now, but yes. But I was young and I never forget my, my, my auntie said I just would take off dancing. I was off beating everything, but I was so excited. And I was just moved. And I, I, I always felt like an impulse to move when I heard music. Mm. Uh, and it was probably around 12 when you when you hit like Harlem Shake and stuff. I was like, oh, I can actually do Oh, God, the early 2000s. Yes, that was the best. Take me back. I, we had the best dances, I think. Um, I mean, we were we were we have a chokehold on TikTok right now. If it came out when we were, we would have a choke, and it would be a full body dance. None of this just part. arm shit. We will be, go ahead. That part, that part, that part. You have to put your whole body into it. That yes. Part. The stanky leg is nothing unless you're about an inch away from the ground. What are you hey. doing? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, I decided to take dance, and um, I fell in love with it. Like, I, it was the one time that I felt free. Like, it was the one time that I was like, I am alive. I, I have a purpose. I it gave me a reason to want to show up in the world. It, it gave me a reason to want to come to school and, and mm-hmm. to not get suspended. Like, cause if I, I get suspended, I can't come to dance class. So I won't be able to be inside this dance or rehearsal. It, 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 I mean, it really gave me, um, an anchor. Uh, cause at that time I did not have anything, I think really anchoring me. Mm-hmm. So dance was, it was just, it was, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was, those were the best times of my life. Although I will say, and I want to, Bring this up because I'm still bitter about it. Just a little bit. I auditioned for my high school major red team every single year, uh, my sophomore, my junior, and senior year, and I never made the team. They said, I don't know what fucked up excuse they gave me, but it was clear that they didn't want a, a male body on the team. Right. So they would not allow me on that team. 
and I'm still mad. Please be mad. Um, excuse me. I'm gonna tap this. Y'all should have made my baby uh, a one of the majorettes. They would have wore it out, and y'all would have. Mm, anyway, I'm, I'm, but I, but that goes to show what you were talking about just a moment ago about how you wanted the freedom and the and that and that escapism, as it were. And so dancing was an ability to help make you do that. Um, I'm not so gifted with the dance, um, <laughs> so I'm always in awe of people who can move their. I can, I can, you know, I can do a cute one, two, three box, and you know, I know where the ands are, and I'm very musically inclined as a music instructor, obviously. But when it comes to, ooh, hoo, 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 you know, isolation and popping and all that kind of stuff, it's gonna be a no for me. You know, I just. But anyway, I, I love that you were able to do that and really um, tap into that because it really changed and it grew into something really magical, by, at least by the time that I saw you in college because I was just like, oh my God. So would you mind telling us like, who are some of your like dance icons? Like who do you look to when you're just like, okay, they always got it. They always, what happens next? Like who were the ones? I was. I saw that question. I was like, okay, that's hard. Um, it depends because I, 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 I started as a hip hop dancer, mm -hmm. but when I went to college, of course, I trained in ballet, modern, and jazz, the classical techniques. Um, I mean, I, I did. I should say I was hip hop and African dancer, which is a technique itself too. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a lot of influences. I will say probably the people that have stood out most to me. Uh, one would be. Alonzo King, he's a choreographer. Okay. I'm a black chore uh, contemporary ballet uh, choreographer. Jasmine Richardson, he's a dancer <laughs> that, oh, you know him? I think I you know, know who that is. I think I know who body, that is. Body, body, the category is body. Yeah, um, that's probably why I know him. <laughs> I'll never forget his body and just being so amazed by how muscular and sculpted but flexible he was. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Debbie Allen, of course, of her course. energy. Mm -hmm. Gregory Hines, he was fine. That man was fine. <laughs> uh, I can't, let me see. Those are probably some of the dances, but I actually want to go into Vogers because since we talked about oh. Vogue, some of my favorite Vogers because I am all about a femme queen. So we're going to call uh, that Boogala, Boogala, Boogala kind Deja into the house because she was voguing down. Come on. Let's see. Alyssa, um, Christina, she had a moment. Mika, I was, I was, oh, I love me some Mika. Um, I saw Janice Icon uh, voguing <gasps> down years ago, Didi Revlon, the newer girls, um, but still iconic. Let's get into Laomi because Laomi! Amazon is who, like, the person that, like, you, I, I feel like she introduced, she, she introduced a lot of us to Vogue. Like, I, yeah, I, I literally, uh, I think the first time I was just like, I had heard of it. I had got a whiff of it. But when I saw Laomi, I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do it. I'm, I, I, I just knew from that moment. I was just like, I'm never going to be able to do it. Like once I, once I saw the 360 and I was just like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just. I believe in witchcraft. Like, yeah. I'm like, what? I'm just going to stand here and just look pretty. That's all I'm going to be able to do for you. I can't, none of that. So, But I'm happy you shouted those girls out because at, when we went to the ball, the function, and we had seen all the kids, and those girls was out there, I was just like, oh, no. Nope, I'm hot and tired. I'm, it's not for me, so. <laughs> but I, I love. The essence. The essence. It's, 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 it's. 
it, how do how do how do I describe it? It's like every single piece of like this is who I am and you get ready to take it. And then that's why they'd be like, they can't take me. They can't take me. Like, it's, it's that, it's, it's the, I know exactly who I am. I'm going to deliver it at all times. And I think that energy, particularly um, for the girls is very important. Like as a part of that culture, I don't, I don't, not a boger, but it's just like being able to deliver you at 100% all the time is like something that we don't get to do all the time. So when those girls hit that runway, hit the floor, da 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 it really be like a moment. And it's like, I want them to be able to carry that spirit everywhere, wherever they go. And some of them don't have the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, by you mentioning like how dance like opened that up for you, it's like, I, I, I want that energy to just to ex- expound and go out further in our community. So I appreciate you sharing all that. And one more, Tamaya. Uh, I think oh. she's a double oak seven now. Less than I heard she was a Mugler, um, but Tamaya votes down. You said Kamaya or Tamaya? Tamaya. Kamaya. I like Kamaya too. Kamaya. Oh, yes. Tamaya. Woo! I I do love Tati too. Oh, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes she could be a little wild, but I, I can get to the drama. I, I, I'm still always impressed by the dramatic girls. I'm just be like, oh my goodness, she really throwing herself around this thing. Like, please, please Look. don't hurt yourself. Please don't hurt yourself. Look. Look, they're going for blood. <sighs> I'm a pop and cunt girl, though. I like me a, I like me a Oh, yes. I... Mm. See, and it's just like, yeah. Don't get me started, cause I'm, cause now I'm gonna be like, let me pull up the best Vogue, let me pull up Cunty Vogue on Instagram right now. Let's pull it out and start watching and be like, huh? Be like, yep, she did this and she did this, but that's that's literally our culture. Um, <laughs> if you've never like, I've, I've granted, I'm, I'm acting like I've been to like '97, but I'm like, I went to one whole ball. I think I'm somebody. I ain't nobody. Don't listen to me. <laughs> And this is why I want to interview somebody from Ballroom. So if you have a good girlfriend that you know that can just like be like, oh, Ballroom is this crack crack and give me all the real stuff, I would love that. I will hit them up. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yes, thank you so much. And um, so obviously dance has led to other things that you are currently working on, which I was just... <laughs> so... Um, we're gonna take another small break and we're gonna come back to this because let me tell you how I, how I was just like what and you know but anyway we're gonna take a small break come right back to that okay. so so we are back and we was just talking about sex because everyone loves sex <laughs> Um, and so some of you, some of your new lovely content is, you know, uh, see that segue, you liked that, didn't you? Uh-huh. So it's a little, um, erotic in nature as it were. And I was, I remember, <laughs> I think I was on Facebook of all places and I was just perusing and my, you know how I just pop up on the top of your thing like, oh, this, here's this story or whatever. And then all of a sudden I just see this big, beautiful, dark chocolate kiss ass. And I was like, who is this? And I looked down just like, Demetrius? So of course, because I'm me, I just had to go and go look at it, of course, and be like, oh my God, it is so pretty. You're like, you better do it. Yes, that's me. I, I I support ass. I love it. I love it. I think what it's so beautiful. The pandemic didn't bless these cakes. Oh. 
pandemic did some good to the, the me my backside. Shout, so. it's it's everything and then stuff. I can guarantee that. So I would like to ask how we kind of got on this journey from like doing dance to like the black erotic love and the black lightning love where you do your yoga and, and you embrace body and nudity and all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about that. Ooh, um, I mean, I will say dance is a, is a perfect segue because dance is all about, and for me, dance is all about feeling yourself. Um, but especially when you're in a performance element, you're feeling yourself in relationship to the people or your audience. So it's, you're feeling yourself while you're connecting with something outside of you, mm-hmm. which to me is very erotic. That's what the erotic is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I've always been a very sexual person, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not until I started to read Audre Lorde, who wrote mm-hmm. pieces of the erotic, um, that I understood that this is really about the sensual aspects. It's, it's about relating to the way I feel mm-hmm. while I am uh, experiencing something. And um, I, was, I was probably 25 when I took my first nude yoga class. And it really wasn't what I thought it was. Like, I think, I don't know what people think. <laughs> like, I was nervous mostly because I didn't know what it was. And I was like, okay, what if you get hard and all this? Like, but it, it, it really wasn't giving all that. Like, it was, it was really just a nude yoga class. It, it was exciting because, of course, you're, you're naked. Like, I, I really, at that point in time in my life, I was asking myself, who am I? Like, who mm-hmm. am I behind all of these identities? Who am I behind my blackness, my queerness? Who, 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 who really am I behind every social construct that has been given to me? Mm-hmm. And so I was asking, like, what does it mean to be naked? Like, it really was like a spiritual journey for me. Like, how do I get this naked and then this intimate with myself, mm-hmm. which just the physical manifestation of being actually naked, just, you know, it, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just gave me a sense of confidence. And, um, I knew I wanted to share that with others. I got into um, massage, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just I, I got into wanting to really find what it means to be in a black queer body. Like I just don't, I don't think we have enough black queer intimacy and, and mm-hmm. images of, of what it means to really indulge in just the experience of, of, of being here in this world and taking pleasure in being here in this world in our bodies. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we deserve that. I deserve that. And I've, I kind of dedicate the last, how old am I now? 32, the last seven years of my life to like deepening that journey in relationship. So that, that includes yoga, that includes meditation, that includes like my diet and lifestyle. It includes reading black feminist texts because I think that they gave us a pathway forward. Like they, they wrote words of love so that we can receive them because we we go through a lot of bullshit. Like, that's bullshit. I mean, you said Audrey Lord. You said you done said bell hooks and Audrey Lord. You done said the magic words on this podcast, child. So I'm just like, welcome, please enter this space, please. I I love that and the idea of um, again, it's I, well the connection to myself. Who am I? I, I if if I wasn't if I didn't worry about being black if I didn't worry about being this if I didn't worry about this, if I took all those constructs and all these things away I'm just left with the physical body. What what do I want to do with this physical body? Am I proud of this physical body? How do I connect more with it? Because ultimately that's just introspection and being more connected with oneself. And when you're connected with oneself, you can connect with other people because you understand you a whole lot better. It's much more. <laughs> 
knowledgeable and feasible and <laughs> to um, understand yourself first because you're in your own body and then go out to try to ex connect to other people and help them understand how they can get connected to their body. And it doesn't have to be through like um, you did the nude yoga class. It doesn't have to be through that. It can be through other mediums, whatever works. So I think that's extremely important to be introspective and think about who you are, what you want to do, how you want to do it. And you did it, <laughs> what I like to call at the, at the, at the crossroad. Because <laughs> now, uh, now that we're past 30, uh, <laughs> the crossroad, the, the, the energy leading up to the cross is where the magic happens. That 25 to, to 30, you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Who am I doing this for? Why am I not doing what I want to do? How can I continue to create my own happiness? Have I actually successfully had the happiness I wanted? And if not, how do I create that? You know, those kind of hard-hitting questions. And uh, evidently, <laughs> from your, your, um, your class and everything, you kind of branched out into that and... I applaud you gratefully because I'd be scared to post like the slight, I mean, I'll cover the titties and do a cute little, ah, but I'm not like you. You just like, hi, it's right here. So now what? And it's very like, that is, to me, I get it's just a body, but I think that's so empowering and, and, and frankly, beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, I spent some time off the grid. I, I for six months, I put my stuff in storage. I was... I just I was camping a lot. I, I you ever heard of radical fairies? Mm-hmm. I spent some time with radical fairies. My one critique it was a really white space, but I I did meet some beautiful people of color and also some some beautiful white bodied people <laughs> who had really I think complex spiritual energies that allowed me to really connect with them on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you know after living so long with just being that comfortable with myself, it's like oh. I don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After a while, I mean, sometimes you think about it, but for the most part, I don't think about it. Can, can you tell everyone about the Radical Fair just in case they haven't heard about them? Yes. How do I even explain what a Radical Fairy? Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say how I stumbled into them. I was looking up uh, how to live off the grid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm from the city, so I had never been camping. I had never done any of that shit. So I was like, how do I to take baby steps? Because I was really like, how do I live in a while? Mm-hmm. Um, and I started looking up queer countercultures, and um, I, I discovered something named Radical Fairies, and they're groups of people who um, have sanctuaries around the U.S., also around the world, but um, in the U.S. where they have different experiences around um, different parts of the year, around mm -hmm. the equinox and um, in the spring. Um, and they're different celebrations. Uh, I would say that they are free-loving, radical people who... Um, are against the system, against the man, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I remember what I what, what attracted me to the space. What I read was queer spirituality. So mm -hmm. they were seeking a space where they can define and affirm their own spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, I hate using the word hippie like, but <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind. It was really hippie like, mm -hmm. um, and it was a space where you could do anything. I when I went there, you know, people are some people are naked, some people are not. Um, mm -hmm. There, there are events that happen throughout the day. Um, every day is defined. You get to say, like, I want to lead a session of meditation or massage, and whoever wants to join that event would join it. Um, I mean, there's <laughs> you're living off the grid, so you're camping. There's one shower room for everyone. Mm -hmm. so it's like a big shower house. At least this is at the original sanctuary. So I went to the original sanctuary, which is in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, 
a lot of nudity. There's blowjobs everywhere. Okay. Um, there's a lot of psychedelics. Um, I would say, I mean, there are drugs there too, but they're mostly people there using substances intentionally. Mm-hmm. Like it was the first time I, I joined a circle where we held hands. And we was like, okay, before I take these shrooms, before I do this acid and start tripping, <laughs> I want to make this intention. I want to connect with the, like you make an intention. Like it was very intentional space. And mm-hmm. it just, it was, it was a life defining moment for me. Um, I met some really good people. Thank you so much for sharing. I've heard of them and, and, <laughs> I'm so happy you explained it because to me it's just like, oh, y'all just outside and naked. That's scary. I don't like that. <laughs> so I didn't want to explain it because I'm just like, because my friends to this day are trying to get me to go camping, but they want to do glamorous camping or they want to do glamping. And I'm just like, they're like, we can get a, you know, a nice cabin out in the woods. I'm just like, see, out in the woods. That's, that's the part where y'all got me fucked up. I'm like, mm, 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 mm. you know, maybe one day they might get me, but I don't think I'm going to. I've had a, two experiences with church field trips and camping. We're good. Well, look, that sounds different already. That's a setup already. It, it was, it was, it was a ploy, baby. It was, <laughs> they tried to get the doll. They tried to get me. Um, but thank you so much for experience. And that sounds like it really impacted your, your life and really help you see a lot of things and put things in perspective and stuff like that. And, you know, not to say that everyone has to do things like that, but I think it's really like amazing that you were able to take that in and embrace it and understand what that energy would be like. And now you've kind of like returned, so to speak, to with this like, all right, this is the energy I now have to bring. So I have this new perception of how life can exist without the things that I've grown so accustomed to and stuff like that. So I think that is lovely and beautiful. I think it's really nice to see a space where just like freedom was being embodied in all these different ways. Mm-hmm. And it, it all coexisted in the same space, even though you don't like what I like, like it's, it can all coexist in the same space. And that was just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I actually um, gender bend. That was the first time I tried on a skirt. Um, which is, you know, I've always been open. I've always been, like, non-binary, but it was a physical action of putting on a skirt. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't explain, like, something, it just, it, like, it disrupted something in my mind. Like, I, I knew this is a social construct, but when I actually put on the skirt and I felt it in my body and how I felt inside the skirt, like, it's like, whoa. Freedom. This is really a fucking construct. I can do what the fuck, like, it, it did something to my mind. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I love that. It's... I, I really like this this idea and this energy you bring in this this level of freedom. It sounds like from the very beginning, since you started even saying thing on this show, saying anything at all, it's about this connection to your freedom, this this liberation that you're constantly seeking, whether it be from underneath social oppressions or just my own mental, like, you know, taking a course, doing acid and and shrooms consensually and safely, of course, it lets you just expand and escape and see things in a brand new, beautiful kind of way. And I really love that you're constantly seeking this freedom and this liberation and always asking why, because I think a lot of people are afraid to ask the question why, because then of course it reduces down to, it doesn't really matter. At the, at the at the at the very 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 end of it, that blackness that's outside the universe that you were talking about the very beginning. So you full circle, but you didn't even see what you did at that, did you? But I'm but I'm picking it up for you. I'm picking it up past. I'm picking it up for you. It's it's like at the end of all of it, it's it's why 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 
because there's no reason. Mm. Oof. We don't hear preaching. We gonna see what y'all want to. <laughs> so y'all next week get the Bible hour. Uh, <laughs> but um, I I love that and the fact that you are so confidently sharing it on social medias and stuff like that. And so, um, uh, I I want to ask, do you like offer any kind of special magical services? that come with your not not even like a sexual thing because i because i was like do they have an only fans because i might have to subscribe for five seconds just so i can complete a a, a, a college fantasy real quick <laughs> and what was the question i was just i'm stuck <laughs> oh no i was just saying like um uh, is there and do you like offer any really kind of amazing like services like you mentioned massaging and stuff like that and so I wanted to kind of like see if you had anything that you know some of our listeners may be able to be like oh Demetrius can you come in for me because that would be so amazing well I, I do offer um, somatics experiences so I, I'm trained in a couple of different modalities um, they're called it's, the main system I'm trained in is called gyrotonics and gyrokinesis which is a uh, uh, I would call it movement science. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's, it's based on yogic principles. Um, and it's it really about the body-mind connection and how do you move your spine. Um, I, I facilitate a lot of like movement and meditation sessions. Um, I, I do do massage too. Um, I'm a Reiki practitioner. Ooh, um, Reiki, come on. Yes, although I, I, I don't necessarily call what I do Reiki, but I will say it's informed by... Um, the healing modality that is known as Reiki. Mm-hmm. And what, I mean, I do so much. I'm like, what do I do? Um, but those are the main things. And, and most of my experiences are BIPOC focused. So that means black, indigenous, people of color. Um, and I've been really thinking about how do we create more black only spaces only because I feel like there's a really a sincere need for that. Um, particularly where I am in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where ooh, there's just a lot going on. Um, <laughs> I just think sometimes black people just need black people to be around just to love them. Right. Intentional black people because all kin folk ain't wait, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Um, we, we need some more intentional black only spaces. That's what I think. Mm. Thank you. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. Um but you know, because of capitalism, you can't you can't they really like it was on Dear White People on the last season. It was like we wanna make an app for only black people and they were like, Oh, we love your idea, but can we incorporate other people that are not black and like, well that's defeats the purpose and it's like, Well, we can't take this. We'll take your idea. But we're but we don't we don't we don't like that you just want to just for this to be for black people. Cause then that would be prejudice against us and we don't want you to have anything without us. And I'm just like, mm. but yes, no, I completely agree. And I, and I would love for people to be able to, especially if they're in your area to be able to be like, Oh, here I come. I'm coming to get my massage and meditate with you. Or maybe you do it over zoom. I don't know. Do you do stuff over zoom? I was from, because of the pandemic, we taught a lot of online classes. If you check out my, What's that Instagram Instagram page? Imagine Joy with two Y's. I I I pretty much update my link tree when I have some new segments, and I have to create some new segments anyway because I got a grant, and I, I have I want to, but I have to like soon. So that then they'll be free and you know donation based sessions. Mm-hmm. Well, we on we on this podcast love if you play pay black queer people because um you know if we. <laughs> 
hello, if you're going to operate, if we're going to operate in capitalism, let's at least give it to the people who going to need it the most. So Whoa. give it to black Whoa. queer people. Um, go to Demetrius's Instagram. What's your Instagram? And, and so in your, and your other ones too, so people can be able to find you. My uh, central Instagram is Imagine Joy with two Y's. So I am a G-I-N-E-J-O-Y-Y. And then my more adult <laughs> erotic page for 18 plus is Black Erotic Love. So at a Black Erotic Love. And I will say, if anybody on here wants to collaborate, I'm looking to make some more Black queer film. Um, so I'm, I'm still manifesting that. So if the person that needs to be a part of that is on this call, hit me Ooh, up. <laughs> y'all hear that y'all might have to, y'all might be in the film and I will be like <laughs> I might have to watch a little bit of that uh, I, I, I really genuinely um, want to thank you so much for everything that you shared you were so open so so transparent with our listeners and everything like that telling them all about your experiences and the things that you do um, and I really really appreciate it and I, hopefully we drop some gems drop some pearls, drop some wisdom on the kids about not only the culture that we're creating going forward, but some of the stuff in the past and some of the people that we look to that inspire us, Bell Hooks, Audre Lorde. Like, we look to those people because they did some amazing things, those ladies. Mm-hmm. Them black ladies. Those, those, black, those black ancestral ladies. Pay black women. <gasps> yes, I like to get paid. Um, if you want to, you y'all know how to find me. <laughs> um, so I will put all the links for Demetrius's uh socials into the description down below, as well as their link tree. So y'all be able to tap, 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 tap in, as another black woman lovely said so eloquently to us. Yes. And so, um, would you ha- do you have any parting words for us, uh, Demetrius? Words. Oh. Mm, what have I been thinking about the most? You know, there's a lot I could say about COVID-19, but the one thing I want to say that no one's talking about that is directly on the CDC's website is that the second greatest observed comorbidity involving death with COVID-19 was fear and anxiety. Mm. Fear and anxiety. No one's talking about that because mental health has has, 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 has really gotten worse during the pandemic. Um, so I, I really hope that we are taking the times to really um, ooh, breathe into ourselves, mm-hmm. to, to give ourselves space and permission to, to heal, to expand, to receive, um, to move beyond any thought or idea that tells us that we can't go beyond who we thought we were. Um, and, and just giving ourselves the permission to care for ourselves so that we can care for one another. I, I really believe that self-love is a gateway to community care. Um, so yeah, that fear and anxiety though, we got to talk about that more y'all. Mm, 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 mm. And the only way we going to be able to get, um, to that place is if we actually start speaking about these things. And when people start speaking, make sure that you are intentionally listening, not with an intention to respond, but just intention to listen. And I think once we kind of get that in there and people feel heard and feel seen and feel validated, a lot of things can change. I think that is dynamic and powerful because, you know, like you said, the comorbidities, which of course, y'all, for those who may not know, 
is the is two kind of uh, conflicting kind of, I guess, reasons or reasons someone's were going to die, I suppose is the best way to kind of put it. You know, um, so because of COVID-19 itself, Miss Rona, as we say here on the podcast, and all her grandchildren, um, Delta variant and Omarion. Um, but then also stress and anxiety, because, you know, being able to effectively manage that, and particularly Black people. Ooh. I'm going I'm gonna to say this. <laughs> Prayer don't fix everything, mamas. <laughs> Miss Thing. It don't fix everything. It's a great place to start, but in 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 y'all favorite in y'all favorite book, Faith Without Work is Dead. So you know that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but let me get let me let let, let me stop. Uh, we don't preach enough, but yes, please take care of y'all mental health. Do things that affirm you and make you feel beautiful. Um, make you feel confident. Um, and, and, and put yourself in situations if you're able to connect with folks, if you're able to, who also believe, affirm, and um, help foster you in those kind of spaces who bring positivity. And, you know, I used to be upset about the idea of positive vibes only because it seems like this idea of negative, like avoiding negativity as if it doesn't exist. But in this particular situation, I'm like, yes, bring the positive vibes because, it's, you know, we were talking about freedom and liberation as the undertone of this entire thing. When you're confined to a single space and you're not talking to people, you're trapping yourself inside your own self. So open yourself up and be available to people. Um, tell people that you love them, that you care about them. Invite them into your space. Be warm and available and friendly because that's the way to change this. Thank you for co-creating this space, too. Like, this, this is... I think even the opportunity of just connecting and having this conversation, like I, I really believe in the power of storytelling and connecting through um, what just, uh, telling our story. So thank you for giving me the chance to even tell my story and, and receiving and listening back and reflecting to me the things that I share. Like it really is, I think, like when I think about what is liberation, what is what is the revolution? Like it is, it's these moments where we are actually engaged in relationship, intentionally engaging in this relationship so that we are, we're healing like that. That is a it's, a, it's a journey. And I, I really do appreciate this moment. Thank of you. Of course, no problem. And I'm so happy to be able to facilitate this for not only you, but for all the listeners as well, too. You know, it's not just about me just ending up here, just, you know, wagging my finger and saying things. I really want people to understand what we're doing and how we're trying to get there. So thank you for being an instrumental part of that. So thank you. So we can really get the fuck up on out of here. Um, thank y'all so, so much for joining on this, us on this episode of Black to the Future podcast. Please um, go down to the description um, in the link down there and click those links so you can talk to Demetrius and be able to get some of the beautiful things that he offers. And just pay if you need to. There's a Cash App link, I'm sure. So please just pay if you can't do nothing else. Um, but I will see y'all... Well. I always say that, but I, y'all never see me. Y'all only hear me. Y'all gonna hear me on the next lovely episode of Black to the Future. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter 
at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all Black, Black to, to the Future. future.